Welcome to Upvoted No Sleep, where OP the Eagle Strikes writes, Hikiko Morai. Everybody liked to whisper about the shut-in on the fourth floor. A man named Mr. Kobayashi. Hikiko Morai is the Japanese word for a social recluse, and it was also the word that the isolated man in flat 11 had scrawled on his front door in the white chalk. I'm no snooper. I was his next-door neighbor. I had to walk past Kobayashi's flat every day. Hanarete was the second chalk-written word on his door, crammed beneath the first. It translates to, stay away. I lived in that apartment building for five years without seeing Mr. Kobayashi. No tenant had ever seen him, in fact. We only knew about his existence from the landlady, Mrs. Grisham. I haven't seen him in the flesh since he moved in, she told us. And when was that? Tyson asked. 2012, Mrs. Grisham replied. He was a frail fellow, but perfectly ordinary. I've always tried to respect his privacy. He sends me photos of the flat, so I've never intruded his space to do an inspection. That conversation took place last year, which means nobody had seen Mr. Kobayashi for an entire decade. An obvious question sprang to mind. How do you know that he hasn't died? I asked, much to Tyson's amusement. Mrs. Grisham smiled, rolling her eyes. I know landlords and landladies are meant to be wicked, Sean, but I do contact my tenants. I ring Mr. Kobayashi. The main thing is that he pays his rent on time. A neat brown envelope at the end of the month. I won't tell you where he leaves it, you little thieves. Ah, rent. That's what it's really about, Tyson teased. And Mrs. Grisham scowled. What about food? He has to eat. He opens the window to the fire escape for delivery people, Mrs. Grisham said. They never see him, of course. They drop deliveries on the floor. Does he have a large inheritance, I asked. I I'm trying to figure out how he pays the bills. Only fans? Tyson smirked. Mrs. Grisham sighed. I think that's enough gossip for one day. It's been lovely talking to you delightful boys, as always. Now, would you mind telling Freya that her rent is late again? We did as our landlady asked and strolled down the corridor to my girlfriend's flat. Neither of us glanced at Mr. Kobayashi's door. In spite of our jokes, I think we both feared that apartment. Perhaps that's why we so desperately sought answers from Mrs. Grisham. At night, through the wall, I would hear haunting noises. Near soundless scratching, labored breathing, and on occasion, a primal wail that filled my body with a paralyzing weight. Earth to Sean, Tyson chuckled. You mind waiting for me at your girl's place? I've got to check on the baby. I often marveled at the fact that Tyson, the most immature man I knew, had a wife and child, Rebecca and Jack. I suppose wonders never ceased on the fourth floor. Has Sean told you about the latest development with Mr. Kobayashi? Tyson asked, bouncing Jack on his lap. That evening, Tyson's family, Freya and I, ate dinner around my girlfriend's cramped dining table. Freya groaned, rolling her eyes. Ugh, have you two been pestering Mrs. Grisham again? We finally got somewhere, I grinned. Mr. Kobayashi does, in fact, interact with the world. He's not dead. Great, Rebecca said, rolling her eyes. Mystery solved. Will you two please drop it now? Who dares me to go on to his fire escape? Tyson snorted, passing Jack to his wife and drunkenly clamoring to his feet. Nobody, Rebecca said. I think that's enough wine for one night. Let's head back to the flat and put Jack to bed. Tyson grumpily agreed and the pair grabbed their things, heading for the door. 
Whilst Freya chatted with Rebecca, Tyson leaned over to me. His breath reeked of cheap liquor, and I scrunched my face into a disapproving grimace. Take a... a picture of, of Mr. Kobayashi's fat... Uh, fat... flat... Uh, from the fire escape, he slurred. I dare you. Five hundred quid? I rolled my eyes, smiling. Go home, you mess. Too little? Six hundred thousand. No, no, wait. Six hundred quid. Tyson whispered, giggling as he opened PayPal on his phone. I'm, I'm, uh, look, uh, it's there. I'm not messing around. Send me a picture. I'll transfer the money. I was tipsy, but nowhere near as drunk as Tyson. I definitely had enough control of my mental faculties to decline. But I accepted. 600 quid for a photograph? I'd have to be an idiot to turn that down, knowing what I knew then. Knowing what I know now, no amount of money in the world could incentivize me to climb up that fire escape. I wished Freya a good night, making up an excuse about having some work to do. It was a half-truth, I suppose. So, I walked through my darkened flat, beelining for the window that led onto the fire escape. I only had to clamber outside, walk ten feet, and take a photograph. I left my window ajar and gently plopped onto the metal walkway attached to our apartment building. Padding softly along the walkway, shoeless, I eyed Mr. Kobayashi's window. My phone was in my shaky hand and my finger was hovering over the shutter button. Tyson chimes in with a text. Changed my mind. Film a video. I'll pay 700 <sighs> I rolled my eyes at his message. But I was happy to take an extra 100 pounds. I just hoped my friend wouldn't backtrack when he sobered up. So I turned on the flash, as I suspected that it would be too dark to distinguish anything in the recluse's flat. But when I twisted to face the man's darkened home, casting my light through his grimy glass pane, I was met with an utterly terrible sight. I have no idea what photos Mr. Kobayashi sent to Mrs. Grisham for her inspections, but I'd imagine he didn't reveal what I saw that night. In the lion's lightless den, bloody parts hung from the wall, a macabre collection of fleshy trophies. But that didn't compare to the terror in the center of the room. Mr. Kobayashi was on his haunches, plunging into the gutted abdomen of a man's crumpled corpse on the carpet. I clasped my mouth, muffling a scream that attempted to slither through my lips. The elderly Japanese man didn't look frail to me. He was emaciated, but far larger than any man I had ever seen. His fingernails were razor-sharp talons that dug into the innards of his victim. And then, Mr. Kobayashi paused, finally noticing the glow of the phone light that illuminated his wicked work. When he looked towards the window, I was petrified by his face. His eye sockets were hollow, but he somehow saw the light. He saw me. His lips were coated in blood, and his jaw hung loosely. Then came that awful sound, a wailing shriek. Tumbling backwards, I dropped my phone between the metal bars of the fire escape flooring. Too afraid to stand, I crawled towards my window. I was haunted by the silence of Kobayashi's flat. It was as I hoisted myself up to the window's ledge that I heard the sinister sound of sliding glass. The Hikiko Morai's claw-like fingers slithered through his open window, and I screamed, scrambling over the ledge into my flat. I hurriedly shut my window and back through my empty blackened apartment. 
the inhuman man crept to my window and surveyed me with eyeless sockets. I could only watch in horror as he pounded ferociously on the glass. Cracks started to form from a growing spider web. After frantically fumbling with the door handle behind my back, too afraid to turn from the abomination before me, I finally made it into the corridor. Locking the door behind me, I expected to hear smashing glass, but there was only dreadful silence. I pounded on Freya's door, and she let me inside. One look at the ghastly expression on my face was sufficient for her to realize that I wasn't playing around. She immediately dialed 999. When the police finally broke into Flat 11, Mr. Kobayashi was gone. Tyson still doesn't fully believe what I saw, even after the police investigation. I don't think he wants to believe it. I can't bear to live here much longer. The chalk is still on the door to Flat 11. Hikiko Morai. Hanarete. I don't know where Mr. Kobayashi went, but I fear for those who vanish into his den, never to be seen again. And that was an upvoted no-sleep story by O.P. The Eagle Strikes. Sweet dreams.